you know, when I have something that I know I should be doing, that I should do, that I will do, that I, that I plan on doing, it makes everything else look a lot more appealing to be doing. So I know I'm supposed to be reading, you know, summer reading and such, and I'm doing it. I am, right? But I'm also a procrastinator, right? So I do it for a little bit, but it takes a lot to build up to me doing it, right? So it has been, I don't know, little under 19 hours or so since I recorded or uploaded some something around there, uh, the, the previous episode, MPO 16, the third season of Adventure Time, right? This is now 204, it's the next episode, and this is exactly, now, now, I mentioned the, in the previous episode, this, the, you know, the Adventure Time season two to three, which means episode 201 and 203. Um, you know, they were similar to episodes 86 and 87, which were MPO 9 and 10, which were um, all, uh, based off the, or the, the topic was The Amazing World of Gumball, seasons two and three. I think it was MPO 9 and 10. I checked a little bit ago. It should be that. Um, but whatever it is, those... I watched the third season of Amazing World of Gumball within 24 hours of making an episode of the previous season. And now, I've done this three times in the last four days, including today. I've made an episode about a season of Adventure Time. But now, between last episode and this episode, I've watched a little under five hours... In the last 18 hours, or 19 hours, of Adventure Time. Right? And also, I'm recording this episode kind of early. It's 6.40 p.m. Relative to other episodes. So that's fun. So, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm supposed to be doing the summer reading. So, so as you know, as I said, it's, it be, everything becomes easier when I, there's something that I am supposed to be doing. That's what it's like in the mind of a procrastinator. So, I'm supposed to be doing the reading, and I am. But now Adventure Time looks a lot more appealing. And I'm not going to lie, if I didn't have summer reading, I probably would not have three Adventure Time episodes, three MPOs, within four episodes. All of today, I watched all 26 episodes in the fourth season. They're all 11 minutes long. Right. About like maybe they range from like maybe ten fifty at the shortest to like eleven fifteen at the longest. But it's it's generally just eleven minutes. So same with like regular show and uh Amazing World of Gumball. I think Gravity Falls was twenty one minutes. Yeah. Anyway. I watched it today, I watched all the episodes. Now this is also the final season with twenty six episodes. Season 5 is 52, which is absolutely insane. I think regular show, the high, the season with the highest amount of episodes, I think it was like 38. Oh, no, but was it 42? I don't, I don't remember, but it was, it was a number like that, but 52? It's insane. 
And then it goes down to like 25 and then 27. That's like 14, 13. Something like that. Those are like the final two seasons, bro. But yeah. Watched 26 episodes today. I just kept clicking play. No slowing down. I got to episode like 17. And I was like, I'm kind of into this. Am, am I am I about to make another MPO tonight? Well, here I am, another seven episodes later. Well, because, like, sorry, nine episodes later. I was thinking of 24, not 26. Math is weird. Yeah. Anyway, as I've done in the final, in the final, in the previous two MPOs, I will talk about... The morals of the episodes, because in the first Adventure Time MPO, which was 14, MPO 14, if I'm correct, I think I just talked about the characters in that one, like storyline building, plot building, uh, yep, the previous two, and in this one, I'm going to talk about the morals in episodes, and like plot building, all that kind of stuff. And there's some just like dumb episodes that I'm not going to mention, uh, that's just, not like dumb episodes, but like, um, it does they don't help with like the plot, or... Uh, there's no, like, moral behind it. It's just, I mean, there probably is a moral, but it's kind of subtle. Too subtle for me to analyze. I, uh, I just let those one, let, let the, let those ones be. Let those be. Yeah, you don't put the word ones there, because you're talking about those ones. Those. I'm gonna let those be. Cool. Fun. So, so basically... Basically, season four started off with a continuation of the end of the four, of the uh, third season, right? Where Finn says he has a crush on the Flame Princess, right? And she got all mad <clears throat> because Jake like broke into the Fire Kingdom, re- like released her, but then said he didn't like her because she was like you know crazy or scary, whatever it was. Then Flame Princess got mad at Finn because, like, Jake, like, morphed into Finn, and and it was a whole thing. And there's the koala in the box thing, because Flame King was like, I like koalas. He's like, I don't like koalas anymore, after seeing Jake's, like, stomach turn to Finn, which held out a koala in a box, like a jack um, jack in the box. I don't know, it was a, that was, that was a little funny bit, but, yeah. Anyway, here... In the first episode, there's a continuation, right? Um, Flame Princess is running away, but Finn wants to console her because he likes her now, thinks she's beautiful, all that stuff. And it's nice, it's sweet, but they keep like getting mixed up, miscommunications all about. Um, and Finn. Out of, like, like force of habit, he's trying to, like, stomp out the fire because, like, Flame Princess has burned down a village. But in doing that, he's actually hurting her, right? But she's also hurting him because, you know, he's just a human and she she's, like, burning him and all with her fire. But anyway, in the, in the, uh, in the end of the episode, uh, there's, like, kind of like an awkward hug between them. Um, there's, there's all the, we see Neptor again, the, um, the pyrobot. That we saw in the first season, like in the I don't know seventh, eighth, ninth episode, something like that. that was early on. I think maybe it was like fifteen, sixteen, whatever it was, whatever the episode was. 
Neptor was back in the uh, first season, but he's a robot, and he built these suits for Jake and Finn, and they're fireproof, and all that stuff. But in the end, um, there's like an awkward, like tense hug between them, and it was like really quick. And Finn kind of like pushed her, like Flame Princess, away because you know she was burning him. Um, but it didn't really seem like there's too much like emotional, like connection between them. And it was like a quick, it was like a one second hug, but because like Finn was like, ah, see what, right? Um. And there was kind of like a, uh, I want to say awkward, but it was, it, I'm just going to use the word tense again. It was like a tense uh, bye. She said bye, Finn said bye, and she just like walked away. A little odd, right? But here, the moral, um, this moral can apply to a later episode as well. Oh yeah, I wrote 22 as well, episodes 1 and 22. Um, the moral I found here is that sometimes people will go through means and methods um, of hurting themselves while caring for the ones they love, right? Because in this case, the only way Finn is getting hurt is because of the person he loves, but still, he's getting hurt nonetheless because he cares for her, right? In episodes 20, in episodes, in episode 22... Um, Finn and Jake go to the Fire Kingdom, right? And the Flame Princess was like, "I need some candles. I need my candles back in my back in my in like my bedroom and all." So Finn and Jake go back to the go back to the Fire Kingdom and they pick up the candles, but there's like some like treason thing go- stuff going on where the nephews of the Flame King were plotting to kill him with ice, right? And in the end, Finn and Jake, they went through some, like, some stuff, some things, eventually put on, like, a theater show, being like, ah, we're gonna kill the king with ice, right? Um, you know, as a play theater, like, you know, reenacting what the other two guys were doing, but then the guys actually came on stage. They were, ex- ex- the, the, ah, they were the executioners, but they took their hoods off. And then there's like, oh, those are my nephews. Oh, they're trying to kill me. Imprison them. Eh. And the Flame King was like, yeah, everyone's evil here. And Finn was like, could someone potentially turn your daughter good from evil? And Flame King was like, yeah. But with like, she's going to get like some punishment if she's good because like everybody here in the Flame King is evil. Something like that. But yeah, Finn was risking his life and in uh, dangerous territory, just to get the girl he likes some, uh, what is it, some candles, right? And I guess also one more thing, um, I was going to mention this later on, I'll mention it now, episode 16, I remember watching this episode when I was younger, and I'm not going to lie, I think this might be one of my favorite episodes that I've watched so far, because first of all, like, the plot-building bit here is incredible, and also Finn makes a huge advancement in, like, his life, right? His his experiences, right? So, and let me, let me just skip right to the chase. Skip, yeah, skip right to the chase today. Um, you got a kiss on the lips with the flame princess, right? But the issue here... Where so Princess Bubblegum came into play, and at first Finn and Jake thought she was jealous, 
but she wasn't. She just knew that the Flame Princess would become unstable because she would burn so hot after kissing Finn that she would melt through the Earth's core. Right? And she did. She did. And she was, like, stuck on the ground for a little bit. And Finn tied, like, Jake's arm around him because, you know, he's stretchy and he went down the hole after her. But then Jake, his big body, after he, like, morphed into, like, a large version of himself, blocked the hole, which blocked oxygen, uh, which the Flame Princess needed to live. Um, and then, like, you know, she was, like, dying down. The flame was dying down. But then, you know, Jake went out the hole, and then, you know, she was alive again. Finn kissed the Flame Princess again, but she was, like, cold, so it was, like, all right. So his face wasn't getting burnt. Burnt. Burned. Sorry, not burnt. Burned. Uh, then, you know, they got pulled back up to the surface, and everything was a-okay. And she was, and the Flame Princess was stabilized again. And Finn's face is, like, you know, half burnt and all, but, yeah. And the best part about the episode is, like, the final few seconds where J uh, Jake is giving Princess Bubblegum this um, this smug look. And he was like, yeah, you're jealous. And Princess Bubblegum's like, you know, shut up. I was like, yo, nah. Jake's looking out for his boy, for Finn. Finn got his first kiss. And no, Princess Bubblegum wasn't jealous because, you know, she's, she's five years older than Finn. And she knows that they can't be together like that. So... But yeah, let's go Finn, you know, let's go, hey, almost, yeah, cool, so, plot building, love that, episode three, right, the moral I found here is that, you know, you just, you just gotta talk to people, right, you just, sometimes you just gotta talk with people. Ask questions, get to know them. Get to know one another. Because here, um, Finn and Jake got stuck in a web, but the spider that was gonna, like, eat them is actually, like, a dude who's, like, engaged. Or is, like, he's already married, right? But they're, like, arguing, the two of them, like, arguing because, like, they don't really know each other well. Or, like, they're not, they don't have, like, the tightest connection, and then the wife stormed away. And the guy's like, I don't know what to do. And all this stuff. So Finn and Jake, mostly Finn, uh, he was like giving her advice. He's like, you know, you got to get a, get her a gift and got to talk to her and that kind of stuff. And as he's out getting a gift, he's like, you know, I don't know what to get her. Right? Because I never talked to her. So here, the moral, just talk to people. Learn stuff about them. Be friendly. Get to know them. Just, just talk to them. Every, I mentioned this in the previous episode, uh, in one of the episodes, one of the morals was, you know, just be a friend, right? Here, just be a friend, get to know someone, right? Because while this spider woman was the spider guy's wife, they weren't, it, at first it didn't appear that they were friends, right? But then they had like a new beginning afterward because the spider woman was pregnant and her babies were flying everywhere in the end. Whatever spiders do to... Like, birth babies. I don't know the, the the arachnid process, but whatever. So yeah, talk to people. Get to know someone. Be a friend. Yeah. Episode 4. Don't hide your feelings or be told to. Right. In this episode, Tree Trunks and this pig, who doesn't have a name, he's just called the pig, or pig, something like that. Um, they're in love. Right? 
and it's great. It, you know, there's, there's love, and it's, it's normal, right? Um, but the people of U, which for those who don't know, is the, uh, it's like the land that these people live in. Like, everyone in Adventure Time, they live in the, the land of U. Just like three O's, it's just O-O-O. That, that's how you spell U. Pretty good name, pretty fire. So, everyone in the land of U were, like, disgusted because, um... Tree Chunks and Pig, their PDA, their public displays of affection, were quite, um, I guess I could say obnoxious, but everyone could just see it, and they were, they were, like, disgusted by it, right? And I'm like, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, like, dang, that's, that's pretty harsh. I mean, like, they're just, they're just doing their thing, and everyone's just like, eh, right? I don't know. But, basically, Finn and Jake were like, nah, you two need to be separated. But then, you know, they sing a song, you know, Dream of Love, and there's all the lyrics, and they miss one another, and everyone's crying because it's, like, a, such an emotional and meaningful song. And then they get back together in the end, and Finn's just like, you know what, just do your thing. Right. And that was a good ending. I'm like, yeah. I mean... The, the entire episode, the, the morals seemed pretty off, right? Because these people, they like each other. You know, they're feeling, you know, you shouldn't suppress your feelings, right? And these people, their feelings, they were being forced by other people. They were being suppressed forcefully by other people, right? So, not helpful. And if you're the other people, just just don't be in this case. Just just let it happen. They got feelings. You, you, can't, you can't take it away. Emotions, they're, uh, they're weird things, right? You can't manufacture emotions. And you know what? In saying that, let's just skip ahead to episode 20 really quickly. We're going back to the Earl of Lemongrab. Odd episode. Right? Earl of Lemongrab, he, he's lonely. He's, like, stalking candy people. Because um, he doesn't have anyone in his kingdom. He literally has no one to rule over. Right? And so... PB, Princess Bubblegum, sends uh, three kids over to the Earl of Lemongrab, his place. And, you know, he's shrieking and saying weird stuff and doing whatever he's doing, right? And it's just, like, not working out, right? It's, 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 it's odd. It's, it's, it's not like that, right? And so when I say can't manufacture emotions, I'm actually referring to Princess Bubblegum in this case, not the Earl of Lemongrab, because she was the one who made... Lemon grab, right? The the episode title, episode, season four, episode twenty, is called "You Made Me," right? Because you know, lemon grab was made by Princess Bubblegum, manufactured, right? But he's not the most intact kind of guy, right? And for a person to be intact, they need to like you know have good touch with their emotions. So Princess Bubblegum can't manufacture emotions. No one can. Emotions are just... They're, they're just things. They're, they're just those, those little things inside you that... I don't know. It's just little things. But, anyway. Can't manufacture emotions, right? So, let me grab a little messed up. But, you know, you don't also don't want to hide them. Episode 4. Episode 5. Plot building. Episodes 5 and 6, I should say. Plot building. 
we see a little bit more Marceline and her dad and the Nidosphere, which is just like the underworld, right? And the moral here, people say that they love you. People say they will like you. People say they will do things for you. But actions speak louder than words, right? Marceline's dad, whose name is Ab... Huffleness, Aberfault. Okay, I, I watched this a few hours ago. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. But Marceline's dad has this emblem on like a necklace that makes somebody evil, right? Turns them into like a demon and allows them to like rule the place, rule the nightosphere, right? Keep everything chaotic and such. So basically, Marceline's dad was like, I love you, and I'm proud of you. But Marceline was like, no, you're proud of what you made me, putting the emblem on. You're not proud of me, the things I've done, the things I like, like my music and all. Right? So, they're not the, they don't have the most intact relationship. And it's, it's, a, it's a little saddening to see that, but... When your dad is the, the ruler of the underworld, know, what, what are you going to do, right? But moral, people say they love you, but actually speak louder than words. So with what I've got, what I've seen, I don't think Marceline's dad is really proud of Marceline. He just says that so he can have her on his side, right? Episode 7, plot building, especially at the end of the episode, uh, but the moral here took me a little bit to get here, but the thing I came up with was, is, uh, inspirations are different from copycats or people who find inspiration in things. Uh, there's this bear who wanted to be like Finn, trying to be like a hero like Finn and started like copying him, like the clothes he wears and his actions and all. Um, but in the end it was just viewed more as an inspiration. The bear is inspired by Finn rather than trying to copy him, right? But in the end, the bear got the Enchiridion, which is like the handbook of heroes and how to be a hero and all that. And he took that to the snail that was possessed by the lich. And the snail was like, ah, I have the book now. So, yeah, you don't, you don't want, you don't want, you don't want the bet, the most important, excuse me, you don't want the most important book in the world to fall in the hands of the most evil thing in the multiverse. Yeah. That's that's what I've learned, at least, from watching this. I mean, that's also logical, but, yeah. I don't know about the whole multiverse thing. I don't know. It was kind of confusing when it was explained, but whatever. Episode 9. This is... Episode 9 is kind of like... Uh, kind of like it's it's almost exactly like Dr. Frankenstein's monster, right? That never had a name. The one that he made from, like, if I remember correctly, he made the monster from, like, perfect body parts. Um, like, the, you know, he had, like, the strongest arms and, like, the most beautiful eyes and the hair. Whatever it was. Whatever whatever the body parts were. But it turned out, when you, when you mix those together, it's not the best creature. It's not the best creation. Right? And the monster, it was it was hated. It was it was viewed as ugly, right? No one liked it. Everyone was scared of it, right? Frankenstein's monster, you know, 
Mary Shelley was the author. I read this book um, spring of last of twenty spring of twenty twenty, right, my ninth grade year. In this episode, moral here: a lot of good things don't make a better thing, right? So Frankenstein, sorry Frankenstein, Ice King made his own Frankenstein monster when he took parts of all the princesses in the candy can not in, in, in the land of ooh and put them all together right like you had the head of lumpy space princess princess bubblegum and turtle princess as well as like the legs of like the skeleton princess and hot dog princess and like an arm of muscle princess it was it was a whole it was a whole everything right and it was messed up i mean like it was it was awful the the monster had a consciousness and recognized its own like non-beauty, beauty, beauteous features, beautiful features, it, it's, uh, it's appalling stature, figure, visage, whatever word you want to use, but Ice King was like, no, I love you, you're so beautiful, and he, I, he was like, he was like curious about it as well, but Finn and Jake passed out several times, and hey, it was... It was his own monster, right? Ice King called it his wife. I don't even know if I, if I can call Ice King's uh, creature like a her, a person, because it it really wasn't. It was it was a bunch of body parts put together. It was it was a creepy episode, right? But in the end, all the body parts returned, and. Yeah, so lesson here, a lot of good things don't make a better thing. You need the right things put together, even if it's not the best things. Let's go with that. Episode 10. I think this is a plot episode. There was this there's this giant like cat creature with like a third eye that can like read minds and all and like levitate things with 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 that third eye called Goliad. Um but then it like kind of turned a little evil. Uh, the Southern Princess Bubblegum made Stormo, which is like, uh, like almost like a direct replica of Goliad. And then they were like, they're like using their like telekinesis on one another, whatever it was. So now they're in a stalemate, right? And I don't, and I, and I put plot with a question mark next to it because I don't know if that will show up ever again or if that was just like a one-off episode, and it was just kind of like a fun entertainment kind of thing. But Goliad was a little scary. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Episode 12. Moral here. I mentioned this in uh, season 2, I think it was, with the uh, the tree witch who wanted the beautiful princess hair. Um, here, beauty's on the inside. Right? So, Lumpy Space Princess LSP is here in this episode um, trying to help Turtle Princess get like, guys to be attracted to her with, you know, her lumps and all, because she's, like, from Lumpy Space, LSP, her, her literal name is Lumpy Space Princess, and, you know, so she's just, like, a pink, uh, like, a purple-ish cloud with, well, lumps, right, like, cloud lumps, so her whole thing is, like, oh, my God, I have these lumps, and I'm gorgeous, that whole thing, right, she's the accent going on, like, the tone of, it's so funny, honestly love LSP. And 
in the end of the episode, she was like, no, love is on the inside, not the outside. Uh, she, read, like, she wrote, like, a whole book on it. Yeah. So, moral here, love's on the inside. Yeah. Love, sorry, beauty's on the inside. There we go. 14. Some people can help with aspirations. Others can't. There's this, there's this guy, this cookie guy, who wanted to be like a princess because he was in an orphanage a while back uh, with all these other like depressed kids in the Candy Kingdom, and Princess Bubblegum showed up and read a book and all, and everyone was happy to be around her. And Cookie was like, "I wanna, I wanna be like you. I wanna be like a princess, right? I wanna make kids happy, right?" And the princess just like laughed. He was like, "Hi." Right, and he interpreted that as you know you can't be a princess. Her saying to him that you can't be a princess. Right. So, he wanted the princess's crown, so he took hostages into a grocery store. But Jake went in and consoled him and talked about you know he wanted to be a mailman and all. Uh, but the princess didn't allow him. And they were trying to like relate. But then Jake actually felt bad, and he was like, "No, I feel bad for this guy. Right? If I can help him be a princess, that would that'd be great." But in the end, the cookie, the, there was a whole, like, thing they went through. And I think there was, like, some kind of, like, reference to a movie in this, like, quick, in this, like, little scene before Cookie jumped down a gorge and broke apart. Still alive, though, but broke apart nonetheless. If it is a reference, I don't know what it is a reference to. But if it's not, then, hey, that was pretty good, pretty good scene making, not gonna lie. Scene creating, animating stuffs. Uh, but anyway, um, Cookie was in, 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 um, in, like, an insanity ward. No, maybe not. He was in just, like, a hospital getting healed. But he had a straight jacket on because the princess wanted him, like, in prison forever. But he just wanted to be a princess. But then Jake dressed up as a mailman, funny, at the end of the episode. He delivered a, like, a tiara from the Grass Kingdom. And the Cookie Princess, who is now a princess. He was a guy, though. So, I don't know why he just didn't want to be a prince, but, hey, you know what? He's doing his thing. Not going to hold him back. Um, he wanted to be a princess. So, go ahead. I respect it. I respect the decision. And plus, as you know, in the backstory, he wanted to be like Princess Bubblegum, right? He didn't want to be a prince. He wanted to be a princess. So, hey, you go, cookie guy. You go. So, Yeah. Jake was the guy who helped him with his aspirations. Princess Bubblegum was not. So, moral here for all you people in the real world. If you have an aspiration, you got to find the right people. Right? you got to find the right people to help you out. And it may not be the ones you expect at first. Yeah. Also, quick sidebar from episode analysis. Um, this, like, 8 Speaks episode is... I'm um, 8, by the way. How are all you doing? Um, my interpretations of this, so, don't be like, what this guy says goes, because it's not, it's probably not, it's most likely not, but, it's my interpretation, though, you know, it's lovely, it's fun, it's awesome, it's amazing, it's, it's spectacular, yeah. I already talked about 16, Burning Low, one of my favorite episodes, uh, episode 19, sorry, 17, 18, not much there fun episodes 
19, Ricardio makes a return. The moral here is that you can't force love. Ricardio wanted to be with Princess Bubblegum because that was his original intention back in, like, single-digit number episode in season one, way back when. And he never won her over. But here, you know, here he got outsmarted by her, and he just got, like, beat up, and he, like, ran away again. He's probably going to make a reappearance for a third time. Or, in appearance for a third time, a second reappearance. Uh, but yeah, Ricardo, he's here. Moral, you can't force love. All right. I mean, that's also seen with Ice King and all that. Granted, um, Ricardo is Ice King's heart, but... You know, episode 20 I talked about. 21, moral here. Sometimes you just gotta be cheap. Right? When you're fighting, sometimes it's not always gonna be the cleanest, but if you win, you win. Right? It's like in tennis, right? Like it's you're allowed to like hit a person with a tennis ball when you're on the court, like hit a ball at them. Um, is it morally accepted, or is it like socially uh, like uh, like looked down upon? Yeah, somewhat. But is it legal? Yes, it's legal to the sport. So there's that. I already talked about twenty two. Next two episodes, kind of whack, 23, 24. Just, just fun off, one-off episodes, fun episodes. Now, 25 and 26, these are the big episodes. These these are, like, the biggest episodes alongside um, 16. Yeah, alongside 16. So, in episode 25, we see the Ice King. I think this is the first time in the show we've seen the Ice King and Marceline actually meet. But not only did they meet here in 25, they actually, like, hung out. They were making a song. But Marceline remembers the entire past with Ice King. Not, excuse me, she didn't know him as Ice King. She knew him as Simon, right? And we see Simon toward the end of uh, Season 3, right? Who was Ice King's past self before he got all crazied up by the crown, right? So, so we see a little bit of Simon's past right and marceline actually called him simon before she called him ice king i believe like they were in the kitchen and the ice king was like being all whack and stuff and you know ice king wanted a hug and also wait weird thing um i was thinking when watching this scene i don't know why the ice king is going for princesses shouldn't he need if he wants a wife shouldn't he be married to a queen, and Marceline's name is, like, full, her title, her full title is Marceline the Vampire Queen, but she's also, like, the daughter of, like, the king of the underworld, or the Nidosphere, so, would that make him, like, a grandfather, then? Or not the grandfather, maybe, like, retired king? But then, you know, if he's not the king, then who's the king, right? And who would that make Marceline married to? To be the queen. Unless she has nobody. Unless she's not married to anyone. And the, the king. or uh, Her dad was retired. And now she's actually just the queen. But she doesn't have like the emblem around her neck. And she's not even living in the night here. I don't understand that whole relationship stuff. But whatever it is. King, queen. But the thing is. It's not like that between Simon. Ice King. And uh, Marceline. Because... There's a flashback. When Marceline was a young child, she was, like, crying in the destroyed city. And Simon, not the Ice King, this was Simon with a 
with the um, crown um, roped in around his uh, waist, he got her the teddy bear that she loves, and she and he like comforted her, right? He made sure you know she stopped crying, and he was you know just a normal human being with good like good good intentions, right? <clears throat> the crown made him go all wacko, but they knew each other way back when. But the thing is, Ice King. Now, Ice King, not Simon. Ice King doesn't remember that. This crown made Simon go wacko, right? So, yeah. We see a little bit more. This is big plot building. We see the relationship between what was, what is, what Simon became, and uh, Marceline, right? So, that will definitely change in the future. In the future, that will definitely um, we're gonna have more insight into that later on. Maybe Ice King will go back to Simon. I don't know. Some something will get figured out. Princess Bubblegum is smart. She's all sciencey and stuff. Maybe this is for this is beyond science. Maybe this is just morals and love and emotions. Something you can't manufacture, right? Call back to like I don't know, fifteen minutes ago or whenever I first mentioned it. Now twenty six. Twenty six is a crazy episode. So, at the start, Finn has this dream where he's in like a cave, and Billy's there, and there's also uh, like Billy with like that with like his like his woman or his wife, whatever it is, and whatever it is, the Lich is there, right? And there's like a like a like a jump scare on the screen where his face just like gets close to the screen, and then like, but uh, Finn then wakes up like breathing heavily, like, heavily he's like, uh, 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 right panting and so he and jake actually go to see billy right and the thing is this isn't billy this is the lich dressed up as billy so we don't know where billy is billy might be dead for all we know right but the lich has a good a pretty good impression of billy right he's like you know strong silent type he speaks few words but speaks when necessary whatever it's jake <laughs> Jake asked him a question, you know, two or one. I'll get to it in a second, but Jake asked, you know, two or one, and Billy just nodded his head, and Jake was like, "Wait, two or one?" And and Billy just held up, you know, a one. They just held up his index finger. One. So no, that was funny. He didn't say two or one. He just nodded his head after Jake's as as both. I don't know. That was funny. That was funny. I like that. Anyway, the two or one that Jake is referring to is for the gems. Right, so, okay, so a little bit ago I mentioned that the bear took the Enchiridion, not took, but Finn gave the bear to Enchiridion, and the bear gave it to the snail, which was controlled by the Lich, right? So now, a bunch of episodes later, the Lich, dressed up as Billy, has the Enchiridion, and uh, he, and like on the cover, there's a sword that needs to be turned sideways to like, you know, open up, and there's a bunch of holes to put the gems of the crowns and tiaras of the... Of, of like of all the like princesses and all well, the ice king uh, in the land of ooh right and you put them all in there you put them all in the Enchiridion book slot area and <clears throat> and then like a portal opens up right so uh, but you have to like you know break the book open for the portal to open up anyway um Finn put that final so <laughs> Jake said do we need two or one and Billy nodded, you know, then it's like, you know, it's two or one, he just held up a finger, one. So they needed Princess Bubblegums, and they got Princess Bubblegums, and you put it in, and then it turned, the book, like, turned to stone, and then Billy, dressed up as the Lich, 
Um, you know, he made Finn go into like the cold world when he like looked into his like soul, whatever it was, right? Um, but he used some good old reverse psychology, and the lich was like, "Give me the book." Right, but Finn was like, I'm not going to give you the book, I'm going to break it. But the Lich actually wanted him to break it because that opened up a portal. Right, a portal to what exactly? I don't know. But the Lich walked through it, right? And Jake uh, held on to the Lich, but then Jake, uh, then Finn held on to Jake. They got pulled into the portal and the portal closed behind them. And now, I think that Finn and Jake are now in an actual like human world. As real people, right? They're not in the land of you anymore. Finn's mother's calling out to him. And Finn has a different character design. He has a bionic arm. He's playing the flute. And he has like a pointed nose, right? Rather than, I guess, no nose at all. And his eyes are designed a little bit differently. And Jake, Jake doesn't have those big puffy white eyes with like the black circles, you know, you know, where, you know, wherever he's looking, Right? Jake is now an actual normal dog with two small black dots for eyes, and he barks. He doesn't talk, and I don't think he stretches either. They're in, like, a normal earth world, not in the land of Ooh. And then, you know, Finn's mother calls Finn Finn inside, and they go in, and that's the end of the episode. And now we have season five to watch. Oh, my gosh. See, the end of season four, that's crazy. I, he, he's not in the land of... He's not anim. I mean, he's still animated, but he's not like all like you know colorful and blue. He he's just a normal kid now. But I don't I don't know where the lich went. I don't know what the I don't even know what the lich is. He, I, all I know is like he's a being made of pure evil. But what's his purpose? What does he do? Why? What, what's his reputation? Why do people not like him? I don't know. What's gonna happen to all the people in the land of Ooh? What's gonna happen to Bubblegum and and LSP and Ice King or Simon and Marceline? Lady Rainicorn, Jake's girlfriend, who's now just a normal dog, not a stretchy boy, right? A lot of questions, but a lot of answers to come as well. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. So we had some morals. We had some plot building. Fun stuff. I ended the episode, yesterday's episode, the previous episode at 45, 45. Now I'm going to end this at 42, 42. So... I'm going to have a quick outro. I'm 8. I'm signing off. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. I really do. I hope you're doing well in your lives. And if you aren't, I hope you find a way to do so. I really do. I don't know how long it'll take me to watch Season 5, but whenever it will, I'll make an MPO uh, later on. That will be in the future.